what God thinks. And, and I, these thoughts went through my mind. I had a plan that had nothing to do with man. Yeah, that even rhymed. He had a plan that not, had, had nothing to do with us having any input into it at all. None. So his plans are not our plans. His plans are his plans. His thoughts are his thoughts, and his ways are his ways. He had all that before he created anything. Therefore, it is incumbent upon us to realize that we don't create the covenant. We don't make our own rules and our own standards and our own morals. Sorry. I know people uh, in different parts of this country who have decided what they believe and what they can do and what they can't do. And it's totally contrary to the word. If you want to follow God and be led by the Holy Spirit, you can't do that. You don't just make your own rules. You don't create your own covenant. God had a plan. He spoke it into being, and we had nothing to do with it. You either accept it or reject it, but you're not going to alter it. Amen? What am I trying to get at? I'm trying to get at this. God set up a plan that is infallible, powerful, successful, and it works. What he's looking for is people who will join him in his purpose and in his plan. That's what he's looking for. He's not looking for people who want to make a plan. He's looking for people who are willing to submit to what he said and what he did and what he demonstrated and what he declared to be true and what he has taken an oath to follow. So you can't live above the noise and make your own rules. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. You know, in Jude, Paul talked, uh, in the book of Jude, I'm just saying Paul, but in the book of Jude, chapter, verse 3, it says, contend, earnestly contend for the faith. It doesn't say earnestly contend for what you planned. It doesn't say earnestly contend for the rules you made. It doesn't say earnestly contend for the morals you set. It says, earnestly contend for the faith. And faith only comes by one way, and that's the Word. Our faith has to come from the Word. What we believe and do and how we behave and what we set as a standard must be based on the Word. Not on some human philosophy. And it's really sad what I see people doing in our day. Well, you know what? I don't believe I have to go to church every Sunday. In fact, I don't have to go to church at all. That's not what the Bible says. Uh, you know what? I can live together with someone. I don't have to get married. That's not what the Word says. It's sad. These are Christians that are doing this. It's sad. That's not what God had in mind at all. And what I want to get at is this. We want to talk about transformation. And we believe in transformation. 
But I'd like to take you to a transformation that shaked the world. It shook the world. It didn't just transform people. It transformed them into a mighty men and army of God. It didn't transform them into some wimp who couldn't stand up for themselves. It didn't create some transformation of a different thought than what the Word actually declares to be true. And so here's what happened. Jesus came to earth, light invaded darkness. He called 12 men to follow them. They grew to 120. And here's what he said to them. And during this time, they're, they're very selfish. Who's going to be superior? Who's going to be inferior? And they had all this fleshly, earthly stuff going on in their lives. But when the day of Pentecost came, they were totally transformed. You never hear them talking like that again. Ever. The power of the Holy Spirit can never, ever be duplicated or replaced by anything else. Never. And this, those 120 men and women were transformed into a great army that turned the world upside down. That's genuine transformation. It's not just transformation out of my trouble. It's transformation into his victory. It's transformation into his power. It's transformation into his ability. It's transformation into affecting the world with the gospel and the power of God. That's the genuine transformation. And contending for the faith, we should contend for nothing less than that. Throughout the years, uh, you know, back in probably, I don't know, the late 60s, 70s, I don't remember uh, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. But this one thing I know. Somebody sowed the word in my heart to expect the baptism of power. And for three years, I would go to the altar and men would lay their hands on me and I would receive nothing. But I contended for it. I believed for it because there was, a, there was something in me that desired to have it. And I know God put it there. Why he didn't give me give it to me the way I thought he should, there again, I had a plan. He gave it the way, the way he wanted me to receive it in my living room. And here's, here's a principle that I've learned. You have one passion. I had one passion to receive the baptism. Once I received the baptism, I had a lot of passions. All kinds of passions. Passion for the word. A passion for the house of God, a passion for people, a passion for the sick. I mean, a passion for the gifts of the Spirit, a passion for the fruit of the Spirit. It just blew me, just pew. Totally transformed my life. Before that, I was kind of a nominal Christian. Well, sometimes I went to Sunday school, sometimes I didn't. Da, 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 da. I mean, what are you contending for? What are you contending for? If I ask someone, Kieran, could I ask you to do something for me? Could you just run around this middle thing? Just, just run around until I tell you to stop. 
That's good. Thank you. Now let me ask you a question. Why were you running? Because you were following my instructions? Did you have a goal? What was the goal? <laughs> Thank you. Everybody runs the race to win. That means you have to have a goal. You have to contend for something. Uh, my brother and I, we used to box a lot. And I was faster than he was, but he was stronger than I was. So I had to be quick, get out of the way of his punch. But the word contend in the Greek means, it means to be in the games, to win. Contend to win. And I remember, after I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I remember reading the book of Acts, and in chapter 5 it talks about they brought the sick to the house of God, and they were all healed. And that caught a fire in me. You know what? I've been contending for that for 40 years. We're beginning to see people come for healing. It might not happen tomorrow, but it will happen. You've got to contend for something. You can't just be a passive Christian. Oh, oh, uh -huh. You know what? You have to get in the ring. You can never win a fight unless you get in the ring. You can't contend to be a champion if you're outside the ring. You've got to get involved. You've got to, you've got to get in there. Not only that, you have to prepare to get in the ring. If you don't prepare to get in the ring, you're going to get pounded. Paul said, you know what, I'm knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. He said, I don't beat, I don't beat the air. He contended for the faith. And he had contentions. He had people who were going around saying the opposite to what he was saying, causing disbelief in the Christians of the community of the new believers. And that's one, some of the reasons why he wrote the letters. He was contending for, for the faith. He was contending, right? What did the disciples contend for? They contended for what Jesus said, right? Um, when, a, when God met Abraham, just to give you a little story, God made Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, and he, he promised him a land. Abraham contended for that land, and when he got in the land, he dug wells. And somehow or another, the Philistines came and plugged up all the wells. So it ended up when Isaac came along, and God spoke to him, and I want to read you a verse, and then I want to make a statement. In Genesis chapter uh, 26, it says this in verse 2, And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down to Egypt. No, don't go into the world system. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee. Interesting, that's an interesting phrase. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee. The, the land that they were to live in was the land that was involved in the words of the covenant. 
what I tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you. I will bless you. For unto you and to your seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swore unto Abraham your father. You see, what happened is, I will make your seed multiply as the stars and so on, and Abraham, because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments, my statutes and my laws, and Isaac dwelt in Gerar. And that's where, told, that's where God told him. Now here's what Isaac does. And Isaac sowed in that land. Let me make a point here. The words of the new covenant determine the land you live in. The words of the covenant determine the land you lodge in. I, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I got lodged in the Beatitudes. I got lodged in the Lord's Prayer. I got lodged into asking and receiving Seeking and finding, knocking and opening. I got lodged in the parables. I got lodged in the promises. I got lodged in what Jesus said I could do. And I began to contend for this stuff. And when you start contending for this stuff, you get some opposition. And it's not the devil. It's the flesh and people who want to say, oh, that's not for today. That's not for you. Really? The covenant, the words of the covenant determine what we live in, where we lodge, where we live. It's simple. It's not complicated. Amen? It's really simple. Lord, what you said is what I expect. And here's, here's the promise that he made to Isaac. He said, I will be with you. And I will bless you. Guess what? They, God was with them and God blessed them because they lived in the land of Ger, where the covenant words established their lodging. And in the place of their lodging became the place of expectation. What did they expect? What God said. What do we expect? Or we have, have we created our own expectation? Come on. God is looking for a people. Charlene, come here for a minute. Were you talking? Uh, just, just take that mic there. I want you to share what happened to you this week. Well, I guess so. I don't know if there's many more, but the one that everybody knows about is good. And not everybody here knows about it, though. Okay, that's good. Unless okay, you're on Facebook. No. Okay. Um, uh, okay, so a little story. Um, in October, I was admitted into the hospital. I was there for five days. Leave and the kitchen and the dishes out of this, okay? Just tell the story. Look at, oh, 
most oh. women involved, you know, then I did the dishes and then I did the laundry and then they go on. And so do you want me to cut that part out? <laughs> go ahead. Okay, really quick. Um, I was in the hospital coming out of uh, getting a heart uh, test done, this echo test done, and all of a sudden I heard my name, this is Charlene, and I turn and I look, and there's another young girl in her bed being wheeled in to the same test that I had just come out of, and um, turns out uh, she's a young girl, she's only a few years uh, younger than me, she actually worked for me many, many years ago, and I asked, like, what are you doing here, like, you're so young, like, what are you, what are you doing here, and she's like, oh, my heart's doing this and this and this, I'm like, you're kidding, I'm like, my heart's doing the same exact thing, she's like, what, and I was like, yeah, and so we're like, oh, that's crazy, and she came to visit me in my hospital, you know, room when we talked, and I prayed for her, and I prayed for her, and I just totally felt at that moment, that God wanted to use me to minister to this girl. And um, so then we kind of both went our separate ways and such. And then this week I was just walking through Walmart and all of a sudden I hear this Charlene. And again, I wheel around and I, I look and I was like, oh, I'm like, hey, you know, how's it going and stuff? She's like, good. And she's like, so how's your heart doing? I'm like, oh, it's totally fine. I'm like, it's, it's perfect. She's like, really? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, how's yours? She's like, oh, well... I'm, I'm on medication every day, and I've got it. I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm so sorry. She's like, so are you on medication? Did your medication fix your heart? I was like, no, no medication. I'm like, it's completely better. And then she's like, oh. She's like, wow. And I said, yeah. And all of a sudden, I was like, no, you got to tell her. I could have left it. Totally could have left it. But I was like, no, you got to tell her. Heart's pumping a little bit. I says, actually, you know, I'm a Christian. I said, and I received prayer for it, and my heart went completely 100% back to normal. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, well, maybe I should become a Christian. <laughs> and I was like, your kids would love to come to church too and, and stuff. And, and she looked at me, she's like, you know, could you pray for me? I'm like, sure, I'd love to pray for you in Walmart at the ice cream section. <laughs> Absolutely. And she's like, well, I meant like, can you come over to my house and stuff? And do you have my number? And, and I was like, so we checked and stuff. And I was like, Absolutely, I'll be there. So yeah, praise God. Totally amazing. So thank you. You're welcome. So God is unstopping your well. Isaac digged. He dug a lot of wells after. He actually went and dug the wells. You see, uh, a well meant something. The well meant life and identification. So the Philistines, when Abraham dug the wells, the Philistines lost their ID. So they came and plugged up all the wells of dirt again to establish their identity. Whose identity do you live under? Has anybody stopped your well? Is some theology stopped your well? Or do we, live, do we live in the words of the covenant? Do we lodge in the words of the covenant? Do we expect what is said of us? That's a challenge. See, contending is not passive. If, if you're going to contend in a fight, if you don't fight, you can't win. You have to contend for something. The first thing I contended for was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was the only thing I had to contend for because it's the only thing I had a passion for. I didn't have a passion to go to church. I didn't have a passion to see my kids in Sunday school. I was a Christian. But when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, you couldn't keep me from church. You couldn't keep me from the Word. Because the Holy Spirit has 
the passion that drives you. And it drives you, and it controls you, and it guides you, and it speaks to you, and it strengthens you, and empowers you. What are you contending for? We want to go somewhere with our life, but actually, are we contending for it? Or are we just passively letting it go by? Oh, well, you know, I know I should do this. Yeah, I know I should do that. You're not going to get anywhere. And then you'll blame somebody for you not getting there. I know. I did it. But the well represented some things. The well, the names of the wells of Abraham and the hereditary right of the family property. You see, the Holy Spirit is the well of living water that's to flow out of our inner being. And the Holy Spirit will take the Word and enable us to lodge in it and live in it and see it actually happen. Because Isaac lived in the land that the covenant told him to live in. The words of the covenant determined where he lived. And there God said, I will bless you. I'll be with you. I will multiply you. And I believe the challenge for our contention today is to contend for truth, to be real and realized in and through our life. And Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Ger, the place of lodging. So where he lodged is where he dug the well. Where he lodged is where the water was. Where he lodged is where the life was. And he dwelt there. And Isaac digged again a well of water, and they did dig in the days of Abraham, his father, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And the reason why they filled them was because that land was identified as Abraham's land. And the wells were the identity and the life. So the Philistines come and plug them up so they could gain back their identity. And anybody who wants to plug your well wants to change your identity. See, our identity is in the Gospels. Our identity is in the words of the covenant that we're to live in and lodge in. Where he will say, I will be with you and I will bless you and I will multiply you. You want to live above the noise? Live in, lodge in the covenant. I mean, some things in the covenant, on the day of Pentecost was weird. But it was part of the covenant. And weird oaths are part of the covenant. <laughs> Do you know why we're weird? Because we're different. I mean, if you really abandon yourself to God, 
Do you trust Him? Do you really trust Him? Do you really trust what He said? Or do you believe something like this, which stops the well? Well, you know, if you ask for the gifts of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, it might be from the devil. Would you please give me a scripture verse for that? It's not in the covenant. So somebody's created something else to lodge in, which plugs the well. I mean, how, how bad do you really want to live? How, how contentious will you really be for truth? I'm not settling for anything other than what the Word says, period. If God says I can raise the dead, you know what? I can raise, I'll contend for that. God says I can heal the sick, I'm going to contend for it. I'm going to lodge there. If He said He chose me, I lodge there. I live there. You chose me to be fruitful. I lodge there. Hallelujah. You got to live in the land of the covenant. We have to contend for truth. Well, what's truth? I'll tell you what's truth. Jesus said in John 17, He said, Father, I have given them your word and your word is truth. Let me say this. There is no other truth. Period. There is no other truth. Well, what did the Father say to them? Oh, you will receive power. What did the Father say to them? Oh, the Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will teach you. The Holy Spirit will do this. The Holy Spirit that. The Holy Spirit that. Lodge there. Live in it. Expect it. Contend for the truth. Not a view. It's one of those things that barbs me once in a while. There's so many views out there, I don't know which one to pick. I only pick one truth. Right here. And it's really simple. What did he say? That's good enough for me. What did Isaac do? He just did what God said. God visited him. What did he say? You dwell in this land. I don't want you to go to the world. I want you to dwell where I ask you to dwell. Isaac says, okay, we're going to dwell here. We'll dig a well. We're going to have living water. Without water, nothing lives. Out of your being will flow rivers of living water. What do you contend for? If you contend for just the mediocrity, you will never be happy. If you contend just for getting by, you will never be fulfilled. If you contend for truth, God will liberate you like you have never seen liberation before. And it's really a privilege to be liberated to see people come and say, we need healing. You know why that's liberating? Because it's truth. And truth sets you free. What are you free to do? 
pray for the sick. Truth sets you free to do what? Well, truth just set me free from sin. Yeah, that's true. But he also set you free to do something. He gave you the right and the authority to go out and say, you know what? Just like you did. You've got to contend for the faith. But it's not just your faith. It's faith that's based on the Word. See, the covenant, the covenant of Abraham determined where Abraham lived. And because he obeyed, he was greatly blessed in the words of the covenant. And somehow we think in North America that we can just make our own plan and our own covenant and our own rules and our own morals and we set them up and we expect God to bless us and God to be with us. Darren, you're con contend for healing, Darren. Complete healing. Contend for it. Contend for it. You, you lodge in the truth and it will heal you. The truth will set you free. You, you have a need? Lodge in the covenant. Lodge in the words of the covenant because in the words of the covenant, I will be with you. In the words of the covenant, I will bless you. I will multiply you. I will cause you to become great. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, other noise don't make much difference. These don't affect me. Affect me. Affect me. Some of you didn't get it. Every well that Isaac Dud had a name. One of them was contention. Some of your wells that come out of your inner being is going to cause contention. There will be resistance, but you contend for truth. You don't give in to what is not plain and clear in Scripture. Period. Otherwise, we can just be like everybody else. I'll grab this view and well, I like part of this view, and I like part of that view, and <sighs> confusing. No wonder the church is asleep. The wells are plugged. There's no rivers running. There's no inner being flowing. Well, how do you get it flowing? You drink. That's what Jesus said. It's really some. Well, it's weird. I don't care. If he said it, I do it. Because I'm lodged in drinking. Like I said, in one church in Cranbrook that had recovering alcoholics, it's fun to drink. <laughs> Remember that? How <laughs> they all laughed. I said, I meant of the Holy Ghost, that is. <laughs> he said, drink. Expect to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with power to raise the dead. To heal the sick, to cleanse the leper. You've got to contend for truth. If we don't contend, we never will fulfill the word. 
And some of it looks funny. Sometimes God asks us to do funny things just to check our integrity and my pride. Can you imagine Big Mouth Peter on the day of Pentecost? I can't stand up. Thomas couldn't believe anything, but it, it hit him too. The power hit all of them. It didn't matter what kind of character they had, but they were transformed. They were transformed into men and women who turned the world upside down. That's what God has planned. And that's what we contend for. And nothing less. I like to see the ambulance bring the sick here. I like to see people carting dead carcasses in here, believing that we can raise them from the dead. I'm not kidding you. Like, like come on. Well, that's weird. Yeah, it's weird, but I'm contending for it because Jesus said, and I'm lodged in it. I'm living in the land of the covenant that God will say, I'm with you. God was with you, Charlene. God was with you. God was speaking to you. God was working through you, right? That's what it means. God will be with you. Christianity is not just a blah old story of me walking through every day bored, trying to figure out whether I'm good enough or not. Lord, Get us, let us get above maintenance into management and into mega. Not enough power just to maintain me. Not enough, well, I can just manage. No, no, I want to be blasted out. I, I get tired of maintenance. There is a life in the kingdom of God that can't be compared to anything. And we need to contend for it. Hallelujah. Don't let anybody stop your well. When you obey and believe what Jesus said, I'll tell you what, you're digging a well in the land of promise. You digging wells. What do you want at the end of your life? A sad story? You determine that now. What do you see at the end of your life? Here's what Paul saw. I finished my race. I didn't just beat the air. I contended for truth. I forgot what's behind me, and I'm pressing on to what is before me, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm contending. I'm contending. And Paul in, 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 in Philippians chapter 3 says, All that I may know you, Lord. After 50 years, he didn't know Jesus. Oh, I just want to know you more. He couldn't get enough of Jesus and the power of your resurrection. I want to know your power. I want to, ex not in my head, 
I want to know your, I want to experience your power. Well, man, you just read his story. He started churches. He cast out devils. He healed the sick. He did all kinds of things. But he's still contending. You never arrive. There is no station except in heaven. So enjoy the journey. Contend for the faith. Amen? Contend for the faith. Hallelujah. The valley is the place of torrent. It's the place where rivers run. That's where he dug the well. He dug it in the valley. Another place in Gur, he dug a well at Essek. means contention. You see, they were fighting over the water. There's probably lots of water for everybody. But the Philistines didn't like the Israelites having the water because it took their, away their identity and it took away their possession of the land, the territory, right? So when you, when you lodge in the word, you take territory. He dug another well. In Sitna. The place of strife. How, how do we deal with strife? You dig a well. Why was there strife? Because... The identity was on Israel's side. And the Philistines did not like it. And he dug another well at Rehoboth, which means a wide place. A wide place. <clears throat> the wells of living water are boundless. The magnitude of them is beyond what we can measure. And the last one, he, he dug a well at Beersheba. And I love this one. The well of the sevenfold oath. Seven is the number of completion. The sevenfold oath is an oath that will give you a life of completion. Everything you need is in the well of Beersheba. Everything that the disciples need to turn the world upside down was in the well of Pentecost. And I believe God wants to unstop your well. He wants to dig in your life. He wants you to come and drink of the waters of life, like it says in John chapter 7. 
If you're thirsty, drink. And out of your being will flow rivers of living water. You know what? Take the word for what it says and do it. I challenge you. I challenge you this day. Read that scripture verse, and if you want rivers to flow out of you, if you want the well, lodge in that covenant. Lodge in those words. Live there. Expect it. And I tell you, it'll happen. Not because of a preacher, but because of the covenant. And because you choose to lodge there and you choose to expect that, that's contending for the faith. Because faith comes from the word. What are you believing? Well, I'm believing in a well that flows out of here with rivers of living water that heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, preach the gospel, make disciples. I mean, I mean it's, it's broad. It's a, big, it's a big call. But you've got to contend. You've got to get in the ring. You've got to face the opposition that keeps you from doing that and saying, no, no, no. This is what the Word says, and this is where, what I'm going to believe. And you begin to contend, contend for the, what you believe. What am I going to believe? I'm going to believe what he said. There's nothing else to believe, folks. There's really nothing else to believe other than what Jesus said. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Contending is, is not passive. Paul said, I press toward the mark. This is what he's saying. I make a run for it. Right? Kieran ran around here, but he wasn't running for nothing. He, was, he, he didn't have a goal. He just, I just asked him to run, right? That's like some Christians were like that. We just run, 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 run. Never, never contend for anything. No, I'm pressing. He says, I'm running. I'm running to the goal. What does that mean? I am putting effort into what I expect. I'm putting effort into where I'm going. I'm putting effort into what I'm expecting to happen. I press toward the mark. And here's a knockout punch for you. I love boxing. I like watching it. You know, you got the big right comes around, puts the guy right out on the deck. And then he says, I thank the Lord that he gave me the ability to do this. <laughs> I think that's so funny. It's like, oh, God gave you the ability to knock that guy flat on his back, right? Although Paul did use it for an illustration, so I guess it's okay. I'm not really sure. Uh, where was I? Here's a knockout punch. Well, I can't raise the dead. The knockout punch is, Jesus said I can. <laughs> you want to deal with your unbelief? Truth sets you free. I can. When you say I can't, you're not free. Because you're not believing the truth. The truth set me free to heal the sick. Contend. Knockout punches. What do you do? You use the word. Bang! Take that. 
and that and that. Amen. See, pressing toward the mark is not just running wherever. Where are you going? I don't know. What are you doing? I don't know. What do you expect? I don't know. We live in the realm of I don't know. But this I know. I know what Jesus said. He told me and he told you where to lodge. And I'll tell you what, the noise of this world won't even bother you. It won't even bother you. And I know we're all on a different path somewhere. And God's not saying, well, I reject this one and I accept that. No, no. You, we all can press toward the mark. Amen? God doesn't disqualify us. We disqualify ourselves. God says, come on. Believe what I said. Some of you are trying to make things right. That's good. Get it right. Contend. Amen? Contend for the truth. Contend for what's right. For instance, gee, I, sh I should quit. It's two sermons and one in four. Um, for instance, I contend for my marriage. My wife contends for our marriage. We contend for our family. We contend for our kids, our grandkids. That's truth. Love my wife as Christ loved the church. I lodge there. She doesn't always experience it, but that's what I expect me to do. When you lodge in truth, freedom has a way of silencing the noise. <laughs> Amen? Do you know why? Because it can't grasp you. And if you're not contending, something will get you. Either the left hook or the right, or a kick in the shins and a pop in the head. One or the other, you get nailed. When you don't contend for truth, something else will take control. Amen? Whew. The Lord would want to encourage you today to respond to His words. He sees you, and He sees rivers of life flowing out of you. That's how he sees you, right? And you need to see yourself the way he sees you. And, and how we do that is this. Lord, this is what you said you want for my life. Okay, I'm going to come and drink. I'm going to come and receive, and I'm going to drink. And out of my belly is going to flow rivers of living water. And I'm going to be what you said. I'm going to live in it. Throw out any doctrine that opposes that. Give it a knockout blow by saying, no, this is what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit's going to guide me. He's going to teach me. Oh, that's weird. No, it's not. It's spiritually normal. 
contend. Father, I know, I know you want to bless each one here, Lord, <laughs> with your power and your covenant. And I know you're calling all of us to walk and lodge in the covenant of your words. And we thank you, Lord, for that privilege of doing that. And we thank you that you be with us and that you'll bless us beyond measure. And the noise of this world and all the other things that try to attract us will just grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. And Father, I just commend each heart here to your enabling grace. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would visit them. Father, I pray for an outpouring upon every life and upon every home in the name of Jesus. Let your truth come to each home and each life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, God bless you. And thank you for your time and attention.